Guy Mannering or the Astrologer by Sir Walter Scott. Volume 2, Chapter 20. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Volume 2, Chapter 20. The night drave on we sangs and clatter, and I the ale was growing better. Tam O'Shanter. We must now return to Woodbourne, which it may be remembered we left just after the colonel had given some directions to his confidential servant. When he returned, his absence of mind and an unusual expression of thought and anxiety upon his features struck the ladies, whom he joined in the drawing-room. Mannering was not, however, a man to be questioned, even by those whom he most loved, upon the cause of the mental agitation which these signs expressed. The hour of tea arrived, and the party were partaking of that refreshment in silence, when a carriage drove up to the door, and the bell announced the arrival of a visitor. Surely, said Mannering, it is too soon by some hours. There was a short pause, when Barnes, opening the door of the saloon, announced Mr. Playdell. In marched the lawyer, whose well-brushed black coat and well-powdered wig, together with his point ruffles, brown silk stockings, highly varnished shoes, and gold buckles, exhibited the pains which the old gentleman had taken to prepare his person for the ladies' society. He was welcomed by Mannering with a hearty shake by the hand. "'The very man I wish to see at this moment.' "'Yes,' said the councillor. "'I told you I would take the first opportunity, so I had ventured to leave the court for a week in session time. No common sacrifice. But I had a notion I could be useful, and I was to attend a proof here about the same time. But will you not introduce me to the young ladies? Ah, there is one I should have known at once from her family likeness. Miss Lucy Bertram, my love, I am most happy to see you. And he folded her in his arms and gave her a hearty kiss on each side of the face, to which Lucy submitted in blushing resignation. On ne pardon un si beau chemin, continued the grey old gentleman and as the colonel presented him to Julia, took the same liberty with that fair lady's cheek. Julia laughed, coloured, and disengaged herself. "'I beg a thousand pardons,' said the lawyer, with a bow which was not at all professionally awkward. "'Age and old fashions give privileges, and I can hardly say whether I am most sorry just now at being too well entitled to claim them at all, or happy in having such an opportunity to exercise them so agreeably.' "'Upon my word, sir,' said Miss Mannering, laughing. If you make such flattering apologies, we shall begin to doubt whether we can admit you to shelter yourself under your alleged qualifications. I can assure you, Julia, said the Colonel, you are perfectly right. My friend the Councillor is a dangerous person. The last time I had the pleasure of seeing him, he was closeted with a fair lady who had granted him a tete-a-tete -tete at eight in the morning. Aye, but, Colonel, said the Councillor, you should add, I was more indebted to my chocolate than my charms for so distinguished a favour from the person of such propriety of demeanour as Miss Rebecca. And that should remind me, Mr. Playdell, said Julia, to offer you tea, that is, supposing you have dined. Anything, Miss Mannering, from your hands, answered the gallant jurist consult. Yes, I have dined, that is to say, as people dine at a Scotch inn. "'And that is indifferently enough,' said the Colonel, with his hand upon the bell-handle. "'Give me leave to order something.' "'Why, to say the truth,' replied Mr. Playdell, "'I had rather not. 
i have been inquiring into that matter for you must know i stopped an instant below to pull off my boot hose a world too wide for my shrunk shanks glancing down with some complacency upon limbs which looked very well for his time of life and i had some conversation with your barns and a very intelligent person who i presume to be the housekeeper and it was settled among us totare prospecta i beg miss mannering's pardon for my latin that the old lady should add to your light family supper the more substantial refreshment of a brace of wild ducks i told her always under deep submission my poor thoughts about the sauce which concurred exactly with her own and if you please i would rather wait till they are ready before eating anything solid and we will anticipate our usual hour of supper said the colonel with all my heart said playdell providing i do not lose the lady's company a moment the sooner i am of counsel with my old friend burnett i love the coenna the supper of the ancients the pleasant meal and social glass that wash out of one's mind the cobwebs that business or gloom have been spinning in our brains all day the vivacity of mr playdell's look and manner and the quietness with which he made himself at home on the subject of his little epicurean comforts amused the ladies but particularly miss mannering who immediately gave the counsellor a great deal of flattering attention and more pretty things were said on both sides during the service of the tea-table than we have leisure to repeat as soon as this was over mannering led the counsellor by the arm into a small study which opened from the saloon and where according to the custom of the family there were always lights and a good fire in the evening i see said playdell you have got something to tell me about the ellen gowan business is it terrestrial or celestial what says my military albumazar have you calculated the course of futurity have you consulted your ephemerides your almochoden your almutin no truly counsellor replied mannering you are the only ptolemy i intend to resort to upon the present occasion a second prospero i have broken my staff and drowned my book far beyond plummet depth but i have great news notwithstanding megmeriles our egyptian sibyl has appeared to the domini this very day and as i conjecture has frightened the honest man not a little indeed ay and she has done me the honour to open a correspondence with me supposing me to be as deep in astrological mysteries as when we first met here is a scroll delivered to me by the domini playdell put on his spectacles a vile greasy scrawl indeed and the letters are uncial or semi-uncial as somebody calls your large text hand and his size and perpendicularity resemble the ribs of a roasted pig i can hardly make it out read aloud said mannering i will try answered the lawyer you are a good seeker but a bad finder you set yourself to prop a falling house but had a gay guess it would rise again lend your hand to the work that's near as you lent your e to the weird that was far have a carriage this night by ten o'clock at the end of the crooked dykes at porton ferry and let it bring the folk to woodbourne that shall ask them if they be there in god's name stay here follows some poetry dark shall be light and wrong done to right when bertram's right and bertram's might shall meet on ellen gowan's height 
a most mystic epistle truly and closes in a vein of poetry worthy of the cumaean sibyl and what have you done why said mannering rather reluctantly i was loath to risk any opportunity of throwing light on this business the woman is perhaps crazed and these effusions may arise only from visions of her imagination but you were of opinion that she knew more of that strange story than she ever told and so said pleydell you sent a carriage to the place named you will laugh at me if i own i did replied the colonel who i replied the advocate no truly i think it was the wisest thing you could do yes answered mannering well pleased to have escaped the ridicule he apprehended you know the worst is paying the chase hire i sent a post-chaise and four from kippletringan with instructions corresponding to the letter the horses will have a long and cold station on the outpost to-night if our intelligence be false ay but i think it will prove otherwise said the lawyer this woman has played a part till she believes it or if she be a thorough-paced impostor without a single grain of self-delusion to qualify her knavery still she may think herself bound to act in character this i know that i could get nothing out of her by the common modes of interrogation and the wisest thing we can do is to give her an opportunity of making the discovery her own way and now have you more to say or shall we get to the ladies why my mind is uncommonly agitated answered the colonel and but really i have no more to say only i shall count the minutes till the carriage returns but you cannot be expected to be so anxious why no use is all in all said the more experienced lawyer i am much interested certainly but i think i shall be able to survive the interval if the ladies will afford us some music and with the assistance of the wild ducks by and by suggested mannering true colonel a lawyer's anxiety about the fate of the most interesting cause has seldom spoiled either his sleep or digestion and yet i shall be very eager to hear the rattle of those wheels on their return notwithstanding so saying he rose and led the way into the next room where miss mannering at his request took her seat at the harpsichord lucy bertram who sung her native melodies very sweetly was accompanied by her friend upon the instrument and julia afterwards performed some of scarlatti's sonatas with great brilliancy the old lawyer scraping a little upon the violoncello and being a member of the gentleman's concert in edinburgh was so greatly delighted with this mode of spending the evening that i doubt if he once thought of the wild ducks until barnes informed the company that supper was ready tell miss allen i have something in readiness said the colonel i expect that is i hope perhaps some company may be here to-night and let the men sit up and do not lock the upper gate on the lawn until i desire you lord sir said julia whom can you possibly expect to-night why some persons strangers to me talked of calling in the evening on business answered her father not without embarrassment for he would have little brooked a disappointment which might have thrown ridicule on his judgment it is quite uncertain well we should not pardon them for disturbing our party said julia unless they bring as much good humour and as susceptible hearts as my friend and admirer for so he has dubbed himself mr pleydell ah miss julia said pleydell offering his arm with an air of gallantry to conduct her into the eating-room the time has been when i returned from utrecht in the year seventeen thirty eight pray don't talk of it answered the young lady we like you much better as you are utrecht in heaven's name 
i dare say you've spent all the intervening years in getting rid so completely of the effects of your dutch education oh forgive me miss mannering said the lawyer the dutch are much more accomplished people in point of gallantry than their volatile neighbours are willing to admit they are constant as clockwork in their attentions i should tire of that said julia imperturbable in their good temper continued playdell worse and worse said the young lady and then said the old beau garçon although for six times three hundred and sixty-five days your swain has placed the capuchin around your neck and the stove under your feet and driven your little sledge upon the ice in winter and your cabriolet through the dust in summer you must dismiss him at once without reason or apology upon the two thousand one hundred and ninetieth day which according to my hasty calculation and without reckoning leap years will complete the cycle of the supposed adoration and that without your amiable feelings having the slightest occasion to be alarmed for the consequences to those of mine here well replied julia that last is truly a dutch recommendation mr playdell crystal and hearts would lose all their merit in the world if it were not for their fragility why upon that point of the argument miss mannering it is as difficult to find a heart that will break as a glass that will not and for that reason i would press the value of my own were it not that i see mr sampson eyes have been closed and his hands clasped for some time attending the end of our conference to begin the grace and to say the truth the appearance of the wild ducks is very appetizing so saying the worthy counsellor sat himself to the table and laid aside his gallantry for a while to do honour to the good things placed before him nothing further is recorded of him for some time excepting an observation that the ducks were roasted to a single turn and that mrs allen's sauce of claret lemon and cayenne was beyond praise i see said miss mannering i have a formidable rival in mr playdell's favour even on the very first night of his avowed admiration pardon me my fair lady answered the counsellor your avowed rigour alone has induced me to commit the solecism of eating a good supper in your presence how shall i support your frowns without reinforcing my strength upon the same principle and no other i will ask permission to drink wine with you this is the fashion of utrecht also i suppose mr playdell forgive me madam answered the counsellor the french themselves the patterns of all that is elegant turn their tavern-keepers restaurateurs alluding doubtless to the relief they afford the disconsolate lover when bowed down to the earth by his mistress's severity my own case requires so much relief that i must trouble you for that other wing mr sampson without prejudice to my afterwards applying to miss bertram for a tart be pleased to tear the wing sir instead of cutting it off mr barnes will assist you mr sampson thank you sir and mr barnes a glass of ale if you please while the old gentleman pleased with miss mannering's liveliness and attention rattled away for her amusement and his own the impatience of colonel mannering began to exceed all bounds he declined sitting down at table under pretence that he never ate supper and traversed the parlour in which they were with hasty and impatient steps now throwing up the window to gaze upon the dark lawn now listening for the remote sound of the carriage advancing up the avenue at length in a feeling of uncontrollable impatience he left the room took his hat and cloak and pursued his walk up the avenue as if his doing so would hasten the approach of those whom he desired to see 
i really wish said miss bertram colonel mannering would not venture out after nightfall you must have heard mr Bladell, what a cruel fright we had oh with the smugglers replied the advocate they're old friends of mine i was the means of bringing some of them to justice a long time since when sheriff of this county and then the alarm we had immediately afterwards added miss bertram from the vengeance of one of those wretches when young hazelwood was hurt i heard of that too imagine my dear mr Playdell, continued lucy how much miss mannering and i were alarmed when a ruffian equally dreadful for his great strength and the sternness of his features rushed out upon us you must know mr Playdell," said julia unable to suppress her resentment at this undesigned aspersion of her admirer that young hazelwood is so handsome in the eyes of the young ladies of this country that they think every person shocking who comes near him oh ho thought Playdell, who was by profession an observer of tones and gestures there's something wrong here between my young friends well miss mannering i have not seen young hazelwood since he was a boy so the ladies may be perfectly right but i can assure you in spite of your scorn that if you want to see handsome men you must go to holland the prettiest fellow i ever saw was a dutchman in spite of his being called van bost or van buster or some such barbarous name he will not be quite so handsome now to be sure it was now julia's turn to look a little out of countenance at the chance hit of her learned admirer but that instant the colonel entered the room i can hear nothing of them yet he said still however we will not separate where is dominie sampson here honoured sir well what is that book you hold in your hand mr sampson it is even the learned delirer sir i would crave his honour mr Playdell's judgment always with his best leisure to expound a disputed passage i am not in the vein mr sampson answered Playdell here's metal more attractive i do not despair to engage these two young ladies in a glee or a catch wherein i even i myself will adventure myself for the base part hang delira man keep him for a fitter season the disappointed dominie shut his ponderous tome much marvelling in his mind how a person possessed of the lawyer's erudition could give his mind to these frivolous toys but the counsellor indifferent to the high character of learning which he was trifling away filled himself a large glass of burgundy and after preluding a little with a voice somewhat the worse for wear gave the ladies a courageous invitation to join in we be three poor mariners and accomplished his own part therein with great eclat are you not withering your roses with sitting up so late my young ladies said the colonel not a bit sir answered julia your friend mr Playdell, threatens to become a pupil of mr sampson's to-morrow so we must make the most of our conquest to-night this led to another musical trial of skill and that to lively conversation at length when the solitary sound of one o'clock had long since resounded on the ebon ear of night and the next signal of the advance of time was close approaching mannering whose impatience had long subsided into disappointment and despair looked at his watch and said we must now give them up when at that instant but what then befell will require a separate chapter end of volume two chapter twenty